This podcast is presented to you by Passion Church and their campus in Montgomery, Alabama. For more information, visit www.mypassion.church. Amen. And listen, any of you that happen to be on Facebook, you know, share our message, you know, with your friends on Facebook. You know, I, I don't know how all that works, but you know how it works. Just share it. Get the word out. Amen. Praise the Lord. Well, we're glad that you're here. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Praise the Lord. Well, today we're going to start a brand new series. And it's a subject we've talked about a lot here, but it's a subject that's important and it needs to be talked about. And right now in in the situation that we're in, the circumstances that we're facing uh, collectively and also individually, more than ever, we need to reignite our hope. Hallelujah. Man, don't you like that? Got, a, got, the, got the missile taken off. Got the rocket taken off. Because we want to reignite your hope. And listen, hope is a powerful thing. That's why we use this symbol here. It's a powerful thing. See, some people think it's just a feeling. It's not about a feeling. It's about a God. A God who's more than enough. A God who is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that you can ask or think or imagine or dream. (laughs) You know, Paul said three things are eternal in the kingdom. You know, he mentioned them. He said love, of course, that's eternal. Faith is also eternal. But hope was right in there with them. Hope is also eternal. We're going to talk about a hope that's based in God, that's built on God's trustworthiness, God's character, God's, excuse me, God's covenant. Amen? It's not a a human hope, but it is a God-based hope. Amen? I want to share this little story with you. I've shared it with you before I came across it because it's it's such a poignant uh, uh, illustration of the importance of hope, and that is about the researchers. They did a study with the two rats. Some of you may remember I've shared this before. But, you know, they they took a a big uh, uh, tub of water with steep sides on it. They put the water in. They put a rat in there and put him in in a completely dark room. No light at all. The rat swam for three minutes and gave up. Same conditions. Put another rat in that tub too. But this time they put a little beam of light shining in. And that second rat swam 700 times longer than the first one, or 36 hours. And you know, that is what it's about, isn't it? <clears throat> if we get to the place in the, as we used to call it, the rat race of life, when things are, are piling up against us, things are working against us, sometimes there are things that are out of our control. All things that are coming against us. But if there is some light, if there's light that's coming in, and that's what hope is about, God's hope. It's about the light of God's Word. It's about the light of God's love. It's about the light of God's promise. It's about the light of God's faithfulness. It's, it's so many things, but it's that light shining in there. And you know what? That light gives us hope. It gives us energy. Amen? It strengthens us. So let's talk about, as we're talking about today, restoring hope. Uh, some definitions of hope. Uh, Webster's Dictionary says it this way, to, hope is to cherish a desire with an expectation of fulfillment. Well, I like that, isn't that? A desire with an expectation 
of fulfillment. Listen, where's your expectation quotient at right now? What's your expectation? Are you expecting things to get worse? Are you expecting to lose your job? Are you expecting to have poor health? What are you expecting? Listen, I want to expect something good. Amen? Now, Vine's dictionary of New Testament words, the, the word hope in the Scriptures, he says it means this, the happy anticipation of good. Ooh, I like that. The happy. Hope will make you happy. A lot of people need to get their hope reignited because I'm seeing some people, you know, I'm not talking about you. But I'm talking about somebody else. But you know, people that you know, that, you know, and it's easy to do if you start looking at the headlines, if you start looking at all that's going on in our nation and around the world, the chaos, the this, the that, the other, all the stuff that's happening. So much it seems so much bigger than you and everything. Boy, I can see if that's all you're looking at, I can see why you're discouraged. Because it sure looks like we can't get along. This half is mad at that half. Amen. And then you got this crazy COVID virus from the pit of hell, and it's coming against everybody. It's affecting the economics. It's affecting family structures. It's affecting our institutions. All that's going on. So, you know, if you don't have some hope from God, you don't have a happy anticipation of something good. I remember uh, Brother Oral Roberts going on to be with the Lord there, but he used to say all the time, he, 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 it was a trademark. He'd say, something good is going to happen to you today. Boy, I'm telling you what, you ought to get up and look in the mirror every day and say, you know what? I'm going to hope in God. And hope means I have the happy anticipation of something good. Something good is going to happen to you today. Amen. Sure. Well, you know, this is what the Scripture says. This is the definition of hope. You know, uh, in the Psalms, I, I love reading the Psalms. I'm sure you probably do too because it just seems like there in the Psalms, you know, especially the ones that David wrote, David would just, he just put it out there, didn't he? He never did put any pretense. I mean, when he was down, he, I mean, he just said, I'm down, I, you know. And, you know, and when he was on top of the world, man, when he, I mean, he danced right out of his clothes. I mean, he was extreme either way, wasn't he? <laughs> but notice here in Psalm 42, verse 5. He's speaking to himself. He said, why, my soul, are you downcast? Why so disturbed within me? That's a good question for you to ask. What, what's got you disturbed? What's got you upset? Well, pastor, where you been living? Don't you know what's going on? Yeah, but here's the thing. If that's all you look at, I'm all for keeping up with the news, you know. But if, if you look at it too much and if you look at it overbalanced and you don't, you don't get the Word of God in you and keep your focus where it needs to be in God, I'm going to tell you what, you're going to be downcast. You're going to be disturbed, perturbed, and upset. Amen. He said, why are you so disturbed? Put your hope in God. Where's our hope? In God. My hope's in God. I'm glad for all the hardworking medical people. I pray for them regularly. We appreciate them. We value them. We're praying for God to give those who are researching wisdom. But that's not where my hope is. That's not where my hope is. My hope is in God. He said, put your hope in God. So if you want to get your hope reignited, it can't be based on everything that's going around you. That stuff's changing and shifting and changing, isn't it? 
I mean, I found this out. I've lived long enough now, you know, that, you know, I found out, you know, you know, your head can end up where your feet were yesterday. Life has a way of doing that. Things happen, don't they? You know, sometimes somebody says, well, why did that happen to that person? I mean, I don't know. I don't know why it happened. this happened to that one or that happened to that. I think that's, you know, that's over my pay grade. Go talk to God. God's probably going to tell you it's none of your business, but you can go talk to him. <laughs> Put your hope in God. He said, for I will yet praise him, my Savior and my God. So, you know, if you want to reignite your hope, here's a cue from David. He said, you need to, you know, you know when you're feeling perturbed and disturbed, that's the time to start praising. That's the time to start remembering who your God is, remembering His faithfulness, remembering His power, remembering His plan, remembering His purpose, remembering His promise. Boy, I'm telling you what, you get to thinking on that, and I'm telling you, you get happy. Happy in God. Amen? Absolutely. Let's look at some symptoms of hopelessness. Now, these are not the only ones, but these, are, I think, are, are three big ones. Because, you know, we're going to, you know, it's good every once in a while to, you know, take an assessment. Amen? When I look in the Word of God and I see that there are areas in my life that are not match, matching up, I want to take an assessment. Not to beat myself up, but you know what? You know, I've, I've told you this illustration before. If I was going to Miami and I headed out and I drove for a couple of days and it said 100 miles to Chicago, I would be a biggest dummy in the world not to say, hey, wait a minute, I might need to turn around. Because I think Chicago is north and Miami is the other direction. And so here's the thing. As we look at these things, it's not to beat ourselves up and condemn ourselves. It's to be able to say, you know, if I'm going to Miami, I want to make sure, you know, I'm, you know I, I'm seeing signs for Orlando and, you know, and Kissimmee and, uh, you know, and, Fort Lauderdale, I mean, you know, I want to know I'm at least going in the right direction. Amen? Symptoms of hopelessness. Discouragement. Discouragement means to deprive of confidence. How's your confidence level right now? Your confidence in God. Where's it at? You know? A lot of times, you know, uh, if our confidence starts going down, it affects the way we relate to God. It affects the way we relate to our circumstances. Amen? A loss of confidence. The Bible says we're not to cast away or not lose our confidence. But listen, if we start, if our hope diminishes, if we begin to be discouraged because, you know, it just doesn't seem like nothing's happening. It doesn't seem like, uh, you know, my dream's any closer. It doesn't seem like God's promises any more true in my life. I, I don't know what, what I'm going to do. You know, and the next thing you know, you can start getting discouraged. You start losing your confidence. You start losing your uh, 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 aggressiveness in faith and in prayer and in, in believing God. And, you know, if you're not careful, discouragement will start coming out your mouth. Won't it? And, you know, I found out, you know, when I have a problem, if I, if I get that state, the more I talk about it, it seems like the bigger it gets. But, you know, when I look at my problem and I see it there and I say, yeah, that's real, that's true, that's, that's absolutely happening in my life, but God. God is bigger. And so that's where I start. Hope. Listen, every answer to prayer, every breakthrough in your life, it begins with hope. That's where it starts. 
And if the devil can steal your hope, he's going to get you discouraged. The next one, after discouragement, and I believe these are progressive. You go from discouragement to despondency, which means a depression of spirits from loss of courage or hope. Because if you stay discouraged long enough, you're going to get despondent. And you start, that's when you, you know, that's when the, the enemy's got you. you. You're passive. You're not aggressive with your, your believing, with your praying. And the next thing you know, the, uh, the, the devil's got you convinced that this is it. This is your lot in life. This is the way it is. It's never going to change. And so you go from discouragement to despondency. And then the last one is despair. That, and despair just literally means to give up. Got a lot of Christians that's given up on God's promises for their life. He's given up on their plans for their family. They've given up on loved ones. They've given up on children. They've given up that God can ever heal this nation. They've given whatever it might be. It's easy to give up because you look at the circumstances. And if that's all you look at, pretty soon you're going to go from discouragement to despondency to despair. And see, that's where the enemy wants to get the church so that we stop praying. We stop hoping. We stop believing in God. We stop believing that God is a God of miracles. That is, God is a God that can still heal our nation, that can save my family, that can heal my body, that can provide for my needs. Hallelujah. In Zechariah, let's look over there just a moment. Zechariah 9. Verse 12, God speaking, he said, Return to your fortress, you prisoners of hope. Even now I announce that I will restore twice as much to you. Now, of course, we know in the context God was speaking to Israel, but listen, the principle is the same for us. There's a lot of prisoners of hope. What, what, do, you, what, do, you, what do you mean by that, Pastor, prisoners of hope? Well, I think one meaning could be this, that there are people who have had hope, but yet, because of the passage of time, and, it, and it, it, nothing has seemed like it's happening there, nothing's going on there, that, you know, you don't want to quit on God, but, you, you know, you're kind of in limbo. You know, I, well, I, I, mean, I know God's a good God, and I mean, I know He said that, and I, I well, you know, and that, that's a terrible place to be. He says, return, what is it? Return to me, reignite your hope, return to your refuge. Well, who is our refuge? Well, Psalm 91 verse 2 says, the Lord is my refuge. So we need to return back to the source of hope, which is God. It is our God. We return to the source of hope. God is a God of hope. Absolutely is. Romans 15, third over there. We're going to get it straight, as they say, from the horse's mouth. Romans 15, 13. May the God of hope, the God of what? Fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in Him, so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Wow, don't you love all those words in there? God of hope, joy and peace. We trust in Him and overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Man, I like all those phrases, don't you? Man, there's power in hope. There's power there. He's, God is a God of hope. Amen. I know He's a God of hope because He ain't given up on me yet. 
<laughs> he's, still, he's still working on me. He hadn't given up on me. <laughs> so I know he's got hope. He's got hope for me. He's got hope for you. He's got hope for your family. And he wants you to be a child of hope just like he's a God of hope. And he says when you, you have hope, you will also means you what? You're trusting God. Hope is about our future. It's about our dreams. It's about our desires. It's about what we haven't seen come to pass yet. And he's the God of hope. He's the God of your future. He's the God of your dreams. He's the God that's going to bring to pass everything he's promised. And so we trust in Him, the God of hope. We're trusting Him with our future. We're trusting Him with our children. We're trusting Him with our dreams. And He says here, He said, you'll, be, you'll have joy and peace. And He said, you'll overflow with hope by the power. Power, that word power there is dunamis. Miraculous working ability by the power of the Holy Spirit. Whew. You know, you can tell when you're overflowing with hope by what comes out of your mouth. <laughs> Amen. I don't know what we're going to do. Sure looks bad, I'll tell you what. I was looking at AP and UP and Yuppie, and boy, it looks bad on all them news sites. Everything's bad. All the politicians are crooked. Nobody wants to, you know. You know, next thing you know, you know, that's what's coming out your mouth. You're not, feel, you're not overflowing with hope. Man, but you, you get into God's promise. You remind yourself who God is, what God has already done in your life, or how far He's brought you already. And I'm going to tell you what, Paul said, He that has begun a good work in you is committed to completing it. God has hope for your future. He has hope for His church. He has hope for this nation to fulfill its course. I'm not worried about what the Republicans do or don't do, the Democrats do or don't do. I don't care what Washington does or don't do. You know what I mean. I mean, I want them to do the right thing. You understand that. But the bottom line is, it's what God's doing. It's what God's promised. My hope is there. And I'm not going to move. Amen. He is, hope is a stronghold for your mind, a positive stronghold for your mind. See, some people are full of fear, of anxiety, of worry. Well, you can tell right away, you're not overflowing with hope. Amen. If you're overflowing with hope, you know what? God's got this. So how's He going to do it? I don't know, but God's got this. Well, when's He going to do it? I don't know, but God's got this. He's got it. He's got it. He's got, you know, the, the Bible says that, that God took a grain of dust and a drop of water and weighed out the proportions for this planet. I think he's got it. There's, a, there's, there's over a half a million species of bugs. God, I think he's got it. Amen? I mean, there's a goo-goo-plex of of galaxies out there in the universe. I think God's got it. <laughs> Amen. He raised the Lord Jesus Christ from the dead. I think He's got it. Amen. So we got to replace our negative thoughts with God thoughts. By that I mean what? Thoughts about God. About who He is. About what He has done 
about His power, about His mercy, about His grace, about His Spirit. Praise God. Man, I'm telling you, just about ready to, to charge heaven with a thimble of water. <laughs> Listen, hope is a helmet. Look in First Thessalonians. 1 Thessalonians 5. Notice what he says here. <clears throat> Let's look down about verse 8. He said, But since we belong to the day, let us be sober, putting on faith and love as a breastplate and the hope of salvation as a helmet. You ever watch anybody, any football fans in here? You ever watch... You ever watch them play football? You ever seen two teams come out and none of them have a helmet on? Because I'm going to tell you, if they try to play a game without a helmet, somebody's going to get hurt real quick. Isn't that right? Because a helmet protects them, what? From the blows, from the concussions and injuries of the blows, those natural blows of the opposing team. Well, the helmet of hope is, protects us from the concussions of the hard knocks in life. If you ain't had no hard knock yet, just hang on, you will. So, Brother Lawrence, I thought you was a man of fact. I am, I'm, I'm, I'm telling you. Jesus said in the world you'll have tribulation. <laughs> That's what Jesus said. I sure can't override that. Don't want to. He said you're going to have tribulation. Isn't that right? There's going to be some hard knocks. But he said be of good cheer. That's what hope will do for you. Hope will make you of good cheer. Keep your helmet on. Don't get it. Stay in the game with the helmet off. That. Man, no wonder you're hurting. No wonder you got all the scrambled thoughts up there, thinking negative and fearful. Get your helmet on, the helmet of salvation. Woo, hallelujah. That not only means ultimately, but salvation also means right now. And this word salvation is an all-encompassing word. From the Greek word soteria, S-O-T-E-R-I-A, you'll see it means deliverance, it means health, it means provision, it means escapes. All kind of connotations to that word salvation. Hallelujah. I'm going to keep mine on. How about you? Because I'm going to tell you, life's hard's not. Man, when they hit you, you know, they hit that helmet, boy. You still feel it, but it ain't nothing like if you don't got a helmet. I'm telling you what, you ever accidentally butted heads with somebody? Oh, man, does that hurt. Well, think about getting a running start and you're doing that. Don't do it. Two pictures of hope that the Scriptures talk about. We're talking about reigniting our hope today. I want to stir you up a little bit as we introduce this subject because, you know, I want, I want hope to begin to rise up in you. You say, I got hope. Well, get more hope. <laughs> Amen. He said, be overflowing with hope. Two pictures of hope. Hope is a place of refuge for safety and protection, listen now, from mental fatigue and harassment. Mental fatigue and harassment. I'm telling you, you know, you start looking at everything that's going on. You start listening, you know, to all the voices. Paul said there are many voices in the world, and all of them have some degree of authority if you listen to them. 
You start listening to the negative thoughts of those who only are moved by what they see. You know, we sang the song today, great song. I'm not moved by what I see. I hope that's true. I'm not moved by what I feel. But you know what? People that don't know the Lord, especially, that's what they're moved by. That's... That's the only plane, only level of discernment and understanding that the world has is what they can see and what they can feel and what they can touch. But the Bible talks about us as believers. He said we're in the world, but we're not of the world. Amen? Because we have the same spirit that was in Christ Jesus is living in us, and He gives us insight and discernment that is on another level supernatural that just means above super mean, above the natural it doesn't mean it means above greater than and so we we have discernment by God's word by prayer by the holy spirit and see we see beyond what the, this the circumstances of this life have that's what builds hope in us because I'm going to tell you what, if all you, all you saw was, you know, the circumstances and on a surface level, what's going on, I can understand why you're discouraged and despondent in despair. It is a place of safety for your thoughts. Man, I'm telling you, that, that old negativity stuff gets on you, that old what if, and, and you know, and, and something bad's about to happen instead of something good's about to happen. And it can just absolutely wear you down mentally, emotionally, where you can't sleep, you can't concentrate, can't even do your job well. But boy, when you're filled with hope, oh, hallelujah. Praise God, I can do all things through Christ. I'm going to do my job today. Boy, am I going to do I'm going to do it better than all my peers. I'm going to be like Daniel and the Hebrew men. I'm, I'm telling you, the Spirit of God's on me, and I have the wisdom of God. Hallelujah. My company's going to prosper because I'm here, and I'm declaring it's, it's, it's going to live and not die. It's a place of refuge. It's an anchor for the soul. We know this Hebrews, you're right there close. Look at Hebrews 6. He said, <clears throat> Hebrews 6, and we'll pick it up, oh, about verse 18. God did this so that by two unchangeable things in which it is impossible for God to lie. Remember that. It's impossible for God to lie. You know, you think, well, that's obvious. Yeah, well, it is obvious. But that's the one thing that got us in the mess we're in, that Adam and Eve forgot that. Because the devil said... <laughs> Remember that in the garden? They said, they quoted what God said, but the devil said, God's lying about it. He said, we who have fled to take hold of the hope set before us may be greatly encouraged. You know what hope will do? It will greatly encourage you. And if you're facing a great set of problems or circumstances, you need great encouragement. And it's the hope of God that will do that for you. He said, greatly encouraged, we have this hope as an anchor for the soul. Now, we know this, the soul is made up of the mind, the will, and the emotions. And that's where the enemy attacks us. Isn't that right? 
Absolutely he does. He said, an anchor for your emotions, an anchor for your mind, an anchor for your will, for where you make your choices. He said, it's an anchor. And what is it anchoring to us? He said, it's firm and it's secure. And it's anchoring us into God by Christ Jesus. Because he goes on to say that Jesus, he is the forerunner. He went in ahead of us. Oh, hallelujah. Big brother took care of it. Amen. So my hope's in him. My hope's in the blood. Amen. My hope's in the resurrection. My hope's in the power of God. My hope's in the promise of God. It's an anchor for our soul. It holds us steady when the storms come. Man, just throw out your anchor. Trust in God. Hallelujah. Overflow with joy. Have peace. Be like Jesus. Jesus said, remember, they were crossing the Galilee one time, and, you know, a storm came up and said Jesus was asleep in the boat. You know what thing was doing all? He's sleeping. You know, some of you, if you just realize, you know, God can get the sun up in the morning without your help. <laughs> Amen. He's got it. Say that with me. He's got it. God's got it. All right, real quickly. Ways to restore hope. Got to close because we're going to have our covenant meal communion here in just a few minutes. Ways to restore hope. First one I've already referred to is God's Word. It's God's Word. Not only does faith come by hearing and hearing by the Word of God, but hope also comes that way. Because the Bible says in Hebrews 11:1, 1, faith is the substance of the things we hope for. Well, if you don't have any faith, what's there to give substance to? Isn't that right? He didn't say faith is the substance of nothing. He said faith is to give substance to hope. Is a substance, it gives substance to our hope. So, you know, first of all is God's Word. What has God said? I mean, did God ever tell the, the disciples? He said, I want you to go out in the middle of the sea and sink. Never did, did He? Didn't He always say, let's go over to the other side? Isn't that what He always said every time when they got in the boat? He said, let's go over to the other side. Well, when He said, let's go over to the other side, that settled it, didn't it? It didn't matter whether the storms came or whether it was completely, uh, uh, you know, as quiet as your swimming pool. It didn't matter because Jesus said, we're going over it. Let's go over to the other side. Well, you know what? God has said about your life, let's go over to the other side. He is able to keep that which I've committed to him against that day. I'm going to tell you what. God's going to keep you. Storm or no storm. Boat or no boat. If you don't have a boat, he'll help you walk on the water. God's Word. And then remembering, remembering God's character. You know, I, I don't know why this is so. I think it's just, you know, I know we're all from, from life and things happen to us growing up and everything, and I, I understand that. Uh, somebody says, well, Pastor, you don't, you, don't, you don't know what I'm dealing with. No, I don't, but I'm telling you what, I had a few things to deal with. I've had a few hands hand, dealt, dealt me too. Amen. You guys heard my testimony. Oh, I'm telling you, we were so poor. We were so poor. Uh, you know, if you could go around the world on a dime, we couldn't have got out of sight. I mean, we, we were poor. It was tough. It was hard. 
You know, and I don't know, you know, things happen to people. I understand that. But some people, when they read God's Word, they always find out, you know, seem to find something that condemns them. And they, they think that's, that's the way God thinks about them. Don't do that. I said, don't do that. Lamentations 3, verse 19. I remember my affliction and my wandering, the bitterness and the gall. Yeah, if you think on all that's happened to you and where you've missed it and what you should have done and what you could have done and who did this to you and who did that to you and life's been hard to you. This is what you're going to have. You're going to have a whole lot of bitterness and gall. He said, I well remember them and my soul is downcast within me. Boy, that's the truth. You start nursing and rehearsing everything that life's done to you, that people's done to you, how you've been treated unfairly, how things, you know, hadn't worked out the way you thought they would. You start doing that, and you're going, I'm telling you what, your soul's going to be downcast. Yet, everybody say yet. This I call to mind, and therefore I have hope because of the Lord's great love. Woo! What did he say he was going to recall to mind? The Lord's great love. He didn't say the Lord's terrible judgment. Boy, it's awful quiet in here. Am I in the right place? Because of the Lord's great love, we are not consumed. For His compassions never fail. You know why you're still here? Because of that statement right there. (laughs) Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Yeah, you've had stuff come at you, same as I have. But you know what? We're still here. We're still standing. We're still praising. We're still believing. We're still hoping. We still have a future. Hallelujah. Not going to let the devil steal my praise. Sure ain't going to let no virus steal my praise. Amen. They are new every morning. Listen, remember this. Great is your faithfulness. Now, here's a real important statement in verse 24. Listen to this. I like the way the NIV reads it. I say to myself, boy, this is important. I say to myself, everybody's saying something to themselves. I say to myself, what do you say? I say to myself, the Lord is my portion. What are you saying to yourself? I don't know what we're going to do. Therefore, I will wait for him. The Lord is good. Say, the Lord is good. To those who hope is in him. Woo! Remember, we said hope is a happy anticipation of something good. Something good is going to happen to you. Something good is coming to you. God's got something good for you. He said, the Lord is good to those whose hope is in him. Woo! Not about you, but I'm happy about it. So let's remember God's mercy. Let's remember God's love. Let's remember God's faithfulness. Don't let the accuser beat you up. The Bible says, "Here's what you know how you deal with sin." The Bible's real clear about it. He said, "If we have sin, we should confess it to the Lord." Isn't that right? He said. That's what he said in 1 John 1, 9. Isn't that right? If you sin, he said, confess it to the Lord. Get it under the blood. Then get on with it. 
Don't beat yourself up six weeks and then receive the, God's forgiveness. And then finally, looking unto Jesus, crying out to Jesus in life's storms. Matthew 14. I know these, these are simple, but you know what? You have to do it. Matthew 14, verse 30. You know, this is... <clears throat> Hold on, I'm in Mark. Let me get over here. Matthew 14. You know, <clears throat> Jesus has told them to go to the other side, like I mentioned a minute ago. And, uh, you know... And uh, Jesus had stayed behind and was up in the mountain praying. And then in the middle of the night, Jesus goes walking across. He didn't need a boat. He was lake walking. Hallelujah. Shortly before dawn, he went out to them walking on the lake. Disciples saw it on the lake. They were terrified. It's a ghost, they said. <laughs> They're just natural people like us. Jesus said, take courage, as I don't be afraid. Lord, if it's you, Peter replied, tell me to come to you on the water. Come, he said. Then Peter got down out of the boat, walked on the water, and came toward Jesus. But when he saw the wind, you can't see the wind. You ever saw the wind? No, you saw the results of the wind, but you never saw the wind. He saw the wind, <laughs> and he was afraid, and he began to sink, and he cried out, Boy, this is a direct to the point prayer right here. Lord, save me. Three words. Lord, save me. I mean, it wasn't time to, you know, be praying for all the missionaries and, you know, and God bless my neighbors and all. I mean, you know, he'd been on the bottom by then. I mean, there's a time when, you know, when you're in the storm, you I mean, you get right to it. Just get right down to it in prayer. Just get right down to it. You cry out to God, Lord, save me. What did Jesus say? Well, you know, I, you know, I think I'm going to let you sink to the bottom and learn a lesson. You wasn't ready to get out of the boat, but you got out of the boat, so now you're in a pickle. No, he didn't. He didn't say that. Immediately. Everybody say immediately. Ooh, I like that. You know, Peter's prayer was answered immediately. Immediately, Jesus reached out his hand and called him. He said, you have little faith. Why did you doubt? And when they had climbed into the boat. Every high, so Peter had walked some distance. We don't know how far, but it says he got out and walked on the water, didn't he? he got out of, we know he was out of the boat, and he walked some distance on the water, right? And he began to sink. Jesus, he cried out, Lord, save me. Jesus raised him up. Then what? He walked back with Jesus and climbed back into the boat. Well, I've never done that. Amen. It, I'd rather be a wet water walker than a dry boat rider. Think about that. Let me give you some action points real quickly. I've got to close. Let me ask you a question. Do you have any of the symptoms we talked about of hopelessness, discouragement, despondency, or despair present in your life? If you do, then you know what? Take an assessment. Say, you know what? Where did that get in? What allowed that to get in? It was not only circumstances or problems, you know, it was what? How you responded to them, wasn't it? How did you respond to them? How did you respond to them? Did you get in God's Word? Did you remember God's mercy, God's love, God's faithfulness? Did you remember to cry out to God? Or are you just 
you know, just kind of wallowing around in your problem. Return to the source of God and get back in God's Word. It will build hope in you. The Bible is full of illustrations. I think about Hebrews, uh, you know, chapter 11. Man, you read that, it'll build hope in you. Man, I'm telling you, people face fiery furnaces. They, place, they faced armies. They faced lions. They faced all kinds of situations, and yet God delivered them and brought them out. And listen, He's no respecter of persons. He'll do the same for you. Absolutely, He'll do the same for you. Amen? Hallelujah. I want to pray right now. <clears throat> and uh, if you would, just bow your heads for a moment. Everyone in here, if you would, just for a moment. Bow your, bow your heads. Close your eyes. Just close yourself in with the Lord. If you're here this morning and you say, Pastor, I really, I really realize in hearing you speaking this morning and that I've allowed some discouragement or maybe even it's gone to the point of despair. It doesn't matter. But I, I'm making a decision that I'm going to reignite my hope. I'm going to turn back to the God of all hope. If that's you, I just want to pray for you to, to, that God will encourage you and strengthen you as you make that decision. So with every head bowed, if that's you and you want to be in on this prayer, just, just put your hand up and back down. I'll, I know I'm including you. Okay, I see one, two. Anybody else? Three, okay. Just put your hand up and you can put it back down. Okay, thank you. Anyone else? <clears throat> Father, right now, Lord, I pray for these particularly, Lord, that raise their hands. And, Lord, I don't know the circumstances or situation, but you do. Father, I know this, that you're bigger than anything that they're facing. And, Lord, I know that, that in their heart of hearts they know that too. But, Father, I know that problems and circumstances, Lord, they can weigh on us. They can, they can hammer at us like waves on a seawall, pounding, pounding, pounding. I pray, Father, that you would strengthen my brothers and sisters by the spirit of might and power in their innermost being. Lord, that they, they would return to the God of all hope. They would return to the God of mercies and the God of love. They would return to the God of promise, to the God of faithfulness. Lord, that they will return back to you. And Father, in the, uh, that also, Father, that they will just cry out to you, just like Peter did. Nothing complicated, nothing uh, elaborate, just, Lord, save me. Lord, help me. And Father, I add my, my prayers and my faith to theirs. In Jesus' name, thank you, Lord, that they will no longer be prisoners of hope, but, Father, they will be in the refuge of hope. Thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. Can you say amen? Hallelujah. Well, right now we're going to uh, partake of the Lord's table, communion. If you are... Thanks for listening to today's podcast. We hope you've enjoyed it and pray that you are blessed by God's word. For more information about Passion Church, visit www.mypassion.church.